This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. You're with Lee Chui Lin. First up this hour, we are breaking down the verdict in Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi's VLN case. And then on today on Twitter, how should restaurants respond when they get a bad review? Because I'm here to tell you that someone went and filed a police report over one. As always, we want to hear from you. You can call us double seven double three two nine hundred. WhatsApp and send us a voice note zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. All this coming your way on the evening edition. It is 5.07. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. First up today, of course, the big verdict. Amno President Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi has been declared innocent of all graft charges in relation to the foreign visa system or the VLN. So... If we break it down a little bit, right? Shah Alam High Court Judge Datuk Muhammad Yazid Mustafa ruled that the prosecution had failed to prove an element of graft in all charges levelled against Zahid, including the receipt of corrupt monies. So um, where this comes from is that the judge deemed three key witnesses as un- unreliable, including former administrative manager of Ultra Kirana Sandirian Berhad, David Tan, uh, as well as former UKSB directors Harry Lee and Juan Quaris. So the witnesses had told the court that they had delivered cash payments to Zahid on a few occasions, with Tan testifying that he and Juan Quaris um, had once delivered three million ringgit in a suitcase to his residence. Uh, on a separate occasion, there was reference to an envelope of cash that was left on a table for Zahid and the judge said that although all three witnesses had testified that the brown envelope containing the money was given to Zahid, the court didn't know the size of the envelope um, as the monies allegedly received were in the millions so how big should it have been so on so forth. Uh, It was also reported that Tan had made records in a ledger to show the monthly cash deliveries to Zahid starting from October 2014 to August 2018. Now this ledger was alleged to have contained code names, details of alleged payments of kickbacks made by the company. The court, however, declined to accept the UKSB ledger as convincing evidence, again after finding that its creator, uh, David Tan, was not credible. So if you need a refresher, right, if you go even further back, there were several counts of bribery that we're talking about. It's not really a simple case. Uh, Zahid was charged with 33 counts of bribes from UKSB and that amounted to 43.6 million ringgit. He pleaded not guilty under Section 156 of the Penal Code. So that's 33 counts on that side. There were seven other charges uh, accusing him of obtaining 3.125 million, uh, 70,000 ringgit, as well as 68,000 ringgit from the same company. He was also accused of receiving bribes to extend the contract to operate the one-stop centre service in China and the VLN system, as well as maintaining its contract with the Home System Ministry to supply the integrated system. So that is more or less half of what Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi is going to court for. The other half is that he's still entering his defence against the 47 charges of CBT, criminal breach of trust, graft and money laundering with regard to the charitable organisation Yayasan Akalbudi, and that's happening at the Kuala Lumpur High Court. So 
that's where it stands. Um, quite a lot to unpack, I think. And as usual, with with a court case, I think I'm just curious to get into the technicalities and find out more about the charges as well as the judgment, although the final judgment isn't out yet. Also worth saying that in separate news, Baling MP Datuk Sri Abdul Aziz Abdul Rahim also received a discharge not amounting to an acquittal in his corruption case. Uh, he was charged in 2019, you, rem- you may remember, with accepting bribes amounting to 5.2 million ringgit in connection with road projects in Perak and Kedah. There were also 10 counts of money laundering involving 13.9 million ringgit over funds from a, com- a company, Manuju Asas. So a lot going on, as there have been in recent months when it comes to the court cases, um, and we'll be unpacking this now. We'd like to hear from you, though. What are your thoughts? We're talking today about Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi being declared innocent of all graft charges in relation to VLN or the foreign visa system. You can call us double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or a WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. After this, we'll be speaking with lawyer Pushotaman Puvanendran. So keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. Because freedom matters, BFM 89.9. It is 5.12. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Lynn. We're starting off our show today by looking at the verdict in... uh, in the case of AMNO President Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi, who has been declared innocent of all graft charges in relation to the foreign visa system. So we're unpacking that now. We'd like to hear from you. What are your thoughts? How are you feeling about this update? That number to call is double seven double three two nine hundred. You can send us a voice note or a WhatsApp at 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Joining us now is lawyer Pushotaman Puvanindram. Push- Pusho, thank you so much for speaking with us. Uh, first off, can we get your impressions of the verdict this morning? Hi, uh, thank you for having me on BFM. Uh, well, it's a big case, one that has attracted much publicity, quite obviously. Uh, and the first thing we all have to do, regardless of our polit- political inclination, is not to make unwarranted remarks at the parties involved or judiciary, uh, but to study and discuss the, the decision as what we are doing right now. Now, Zahid was charged under Section 16, uh, sub A, sub B of the MACC Act and Section 165 of the Penal Code. Can you briefly walk us through what those sections cover? Uh, in a nutshell, uh, putting in layman terms, uh, Section 16A, B simply means uh, receiving graft. Graft means uh, bribery or aswa. And uh, Section 165 of the Penal Code is when the accused, in his capacity as a public servant, uh, received a valuable thing without consideration. So that is the very simplified version of this uh, section. Right. And the judge also said that the prosecution had failed to make out a prima facie on all charges. And this might be a familiar term for some people, but as a refresher, can you explain what it means? Sure. Uh, I think most people, as, you, as you've told, uh, would have, uh, who diligently follows criminal cases would be aware the criminal trial is divided into two stages. First, the prosecution stage, and then second is the defense stage. In the prosecution stage, uh, the prosecution would first begin the case by calling uh, its witnesses. And at the end of the prosecution stage, uh, parties will submit, and uh, the judge, the learned judge, would then have to make, um, on, on a maximum evaluation, decide if the prosecution has made a prima facie case on the charges. Prima facie means on the face. Have they made uh, a case against the accused? If yes, if the answer to that is yes, they have made the prima facie case, then the accused 
will be called to enter into his defense. If no, such as in Dato Sri Zaid Hamidi's case, then the accused must be acquitted. Here, the, the letter has taken place. And what did the prosecution fail to prove in this particular case? Um, in this particular case, the judge was of the opinion that none of the elements of the charges were proven. And uh, the judge had also, uh, from my broad reading of the, of the judgment, uh, is, the, is that the charges were also defective here. And uh, based on those reasons, the Leonard High Court judge uh, is, uh, has decided that the uh, defence or the defence ought not to be called and the accused should be acquitted. So on that note, there are 40 charges in total with relation to this case. Uh, do a higher number of charges create a greater degree of complication when it comes to both prosecuting and defending a case? Well, that's very subjective because in general for commercial crime cases, commercial crime meaning uh, white-collar crimes involving uh, monetary and all that, there are a lot of documentations involved. And uh, obviously, one with 40 charges would definitely be a voluminous one with many documents, many transactions across probably different dates, different places and whatnot. But at the end of the day, uh, the prosecution or the defense lawyers would only look at the core matter, which is the ingredient of the charges, whether the ingredients have been proven or not, and what are the evidence adduced to prove those, charge, uh, those charges and whatnot. And if we go back to the judgment itself, High Court Judge Datuk Yazid had deemed the witnesses as unreliable. What does that mean in general? And were there specifics in this context to determine that they weren't credible? See, witness evidence is extremely important in trial because they are the main uh, people who are called in, 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 in a trial such as this. Uh, and they are called to corroborate whatever evidence that are already there. And uh, when the witnesses are seen giving contradicting evidences, that uh, then it would not be right for the court to find the accused guilty based on unreliable uh, witnesses. So what, what then would be an unreliable uh, witness or what would be a credible uh, evidence? Uh, we have to take a look at case laws, but generally what it says that uh, usually uh, when a court is accepting an evidence, uh, they would see how it stands the test of cross-examinations. That's why the cross-examinations is very important. As a witness, how do you answer to the cross-examination questions based on your evidence? Uh, are you giving logical answers or are you beating around the bush or, or through your demeanor in court, uh, where it clearly shows you're a witness who can't be trusted. And when, when a witness gives uh, evidences that cannot be trusted or is illogical, or there is a lot of discrepancy, then the court would be mindful to not accepting uh, the evidence of such witness. And when there is discrepancy that is sufficient to destroy the credibility of the witness, the court would definitely be extremely cautious in accepting uh, the evidence of such witnesses. The AG has said that they're going to study the judgment of the trial judge before deciding whether to proceed with an appeal. What sort of considerations would be made here? Usually the AG uh, would look at the chances of success on appeal uh, because on appeal they would uh, raise up uh, points of law or issues of law. And uh, I, I believe the AG would now uh, read and uh, study the judgment to see what are the points of law that they could uh, raise up and, uh, and you know, uh, uh, discuss in the uh, appellate courts and whatnot. And uh, that would be the prime 
focus of the AG, in my opinion. For example, as I said earlier, the uh, the elements of the charge were not fulfilled. Then they would look at uh, whether the elements were in fact fulfilled and how how it would fit into the uh, the factual matrix of the case. And uh, there was also the issue of the charge sheet itself being defective. So they would also look at what are the uh, ingredients of the, that that is supposed to be listed out in the charge and uh, whether that was uh, uh, properly followed under uh, the section 153 of the criminal procedure code and whatnot. These are the uh, general issues that they might look at and uh, they might even go deeper into witness evidence and how uh, those are also uh, in line with the elements of the charge. So the full judgment will be made available on Monday and since this is a case of public interest, what information would be worth looking out for? I think the main main issue if you're if you're interested to read uh, the judgment would be to go and look at why the Leonard High Court judge had uh, made the decision that the witnesses, the three witnesses were unreliable or, or not credible. Uh, and also on the issue of uh, defective charge sheets, because this, I believe, it's a, it's a very important issue uh, whereby uh, when someone is charged in court, uh, because laymen, we read the newspaper and then we only know that a person is charged for this particular section and, you know, this is what uh, generally happened and this is the punishment. But under the criminal procedure code, a charge sheet has to specify uh, the elements of the offence and uh, give proper notice to the accused who is defending himself. Here in this particular case, the Leonard High Court judge had said that the uh, absence of certain important details in the charge sheet has made uh, the charge sheet defective and also uh, prejudice the accused, which I believe it's, it's an extremely important issue that everyone should look at and uh, read on why uh, the judge, uh, the Leonard High Court judge, was of that opinion. Pusho, thanks for speaking with us. That was lawyer Pusho Taman Puvanindran, who was weighing in on the verdict today at the Shah Alam High Court that AMNO President Datuk Sri Ahmad Zaid Hamidi has been declared innocent of all graft charges in relation to the foreign visa system. Just as a reminder, there were 33 counts of bribes um, from UKSB, a company, as well as seven other charges um, alleging that he had obtained money from that same company. But yeah, uh, he's been cleared of that and we'd like to hear from you what are your thoughts on this how are you feeling about this update you can call us double seven double three two nine hundred send us a voice note or a whatsapp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine tweet us at bfm radio and now just because we have lynette skinnett and freebird bfm 89.9 you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station for more stories of the same kind download the bfm app